Direct from the Broski Nation headquarters in Los Angeles, California, this is the Broski Report with your host, Brittany Broski. Good morning, Broski Nation. We are doing Juneberry Red Bull this morning. And by this morning, I mean 12, 11 p.m. noon. My heart feels like it's going to explode, okay? Oh, I didn't turn on this fucking light. Hold on, Broski Nation. Christ, get it together, guys. Get it together! Wake up! Oh my God, is it that hard? How over 30 episodes in, I can't remember to turn on a fucking light. This week has been the week from hell, okay? Do you ever get in one of those moods where it's like, I cannot do anything right. I am a failure. I am ugly, I'm a failure, everyone's right. And then I, I wake up the next morning and I go, what the fuck was I talking about? I'm taking, okay, not to get like too, <laughs> an update on my medical diagnoses. <laughs> All right, guys, welcome back to uh, my chart. I'm going to give you my diagnosis. I went to the doctor about uh, my irregular menstrual cycle. And ding, 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 you guessed it, I have PCOS. Now, what does this mean? Not much, okay? It's confirming what I kind of already knew. I knew there was something going on there and all of my symptoms matched the PCOS diagnosis. And so now it's a matter of how do you fix it? And I know I asked for all y'all's comments in the last episode, but I, please don't this time. Just, hey, don't comment on my uh, medical history, by the way, because I'm in a very fragile mental state right now. PCOS basically means that I'm growing chin hair. <laughs> I'm growing chin hair. My uterine, in the body, what's happening is the uterine walls are not shedding the lining properly. And complications with that can lead to eventual uh, cancer in worst case scenarios. But it can also lead to, I mean, just, you know, something's not not regulating itself properly in my body. And that's a hormone imbalance. And it explains a lot of kind of what I've been experiencing in the last, honestly, like two to three years. So I need to go back to the doctor and figure out the plan moving forward. I'm on these, <laughs> these period pills. <laughs> I'm on these period pills where it'll force you to have a period. And, uh, hey, I feel like I need to be placed in an institute. For many reasons, but for right now, it's like at the drop of a hat, I could start crying. I could start crying at any moment. I cried all night last night over nothing. I was just like, oh, and it felt so good to cry. And then it's so sad to cry because like, why am I crying? What's wrong? And then that makes me cry too. And so right now I'm feeling very fragile. So don't, please don't be mean to me. <laughs> Please, for the love of Christ, don't be mean to me in the comments. Please, I can't. I actually can't handle it. Okay, so I'm on my period pills, and it's supposed to regulate my period, at least, like, for this first time until we can. Also, it has a lot to do with diet, I'm now understanding, and my diet is, you guessed it, similar to a baby raccoon abandoned by its mother uh, thrashing around and foraging in a New York City dumpster. Okay, thrashing around because my right hind leg is injured and I'm rabid <sighs> and I'm chewing on a Snickers bar. I'm chewing. <laughs> and 
okay? And I've got my little raccoon hands. And I'm, I'm like ferociously trying to undo the Snickers wrapper because it's, oh, and it was a Snickers ice cream. And so it had melted. And now it's seeping out this. I'm licking it. And then someone opens the dumpster thing. Okay, so this is a dumpster bin outside of a restaurant in New York City. Someone opens the dumpster lid and sees me. And I... Actually, maybe I'm a possum. I'm not a raccoon. Raccoons are too cute. I'm a possum. I look up. And it goes, oh my God, a baby possum. And then it slings a thing of garbage on top of me. And, I, ah! and then they slam the lid and then I die. Okay, that's kind of... What was I talking about? That's how I feel. Oh, my diet. Yeah, I eat like that. I eat like uh, I'm licking the corners of a dirty trash can. Like, that's all the sustenance I can find. Like, it is actually appalling and atrocious. If my doctor could see what I'm putting in my body, Popeye's once a week, we're rocking with uh, probably Taco Bell maybe once or once every two weeks, takeout probably twice a week. I'll cook a, a home-cooked meal. I travel a lot, and so when I'm on the way back from the airport, I'll just DoorDash something, and then I'm only home for like three days, and then I'll leave again. So in my mind, I'm like, that's not enough to go out and grocery shop because it's just going to rot in my fridge. So I DoorDash, and it's just not anything <laughs> nourishing or healthy by any means. And when you go on DoorDash and look up healthy options, it's like Chipotle, Oh, Chipotle's healthy? What? Are we living in Wally? Am I one of those people living in Wally in my chair with my little screen on and I'm a happy baby eating my Popeye's making the stallion chicken meal. And then I'm over here with my, ooh, my Slurpee from I don't like this show. Next. And I think with my brain and it changes the screen for me. So I don't even have to raise my hands anymore to change the channel. I just think with the chip in my brain and I say, I want to watch Below Deck on Bravo TV. <laughs> Next! And then it'll pull it up. But I say, ah. And then the overlord who's watching all of our screens <laughs> from the control room sees my dopamine level hit a high. And he goes, yeah. And then I finish my chicken tender. No! <laughs> Wally kind of had a point. If you think about it, Wally is not only a predictive movie, it's a prophecy. It's the prophecy. It's what is happening and going to happen. Okay? Disney did not know that they were cooking up a modern 21st century prophecy movie with Wally. And if you think about it, I'm the little cockroach. That's also actually the cockroach in Wally is my pet when I'm the possum in the dumpster. Okay? So I'm through the through the trash bags and the little roach is like Okay. I don't know what that noise was. So that's the health update. <laughs> have been better. Have been doing better. Every morning I wake up and my back is locked up. I just really need to take better care of myself. And like, I know that. But like the idea of going on a daily walk every day, for some reason, I'm just like, why can't I do it? For someone who preaches about like life is to be lived and it's so joyous and sorrowful and it to be experienced. Hey, my lower back hurts and I don't go on walks. So I need to really get into that. And you know what part of it is too, is like, I think I haven't really admitted this to myself and I haven't even gone in to the doctor to have it confirmed or a therapist. I fired my old therapist. She was an enabler. I definitely think I'm experiencing uh, some form of seasonal depression. And the only motivator that gets me out of bed to do things is, uh, my fear of disappointing people. 
And you know what? If that's enough of a motivator, then fuck it. You know, like it's enough for me. But that is such an unsustainable life flow, you know, of like the only I'm not I'm no longer doing things for me. I'm doing things so I don't disappoint the people who love me and and like care about me. And then that's lying to myself. And I don't know. I just I maybe it's like just seasonal. I really don't. I'm not one to like self-pity and you know oh woe is me but sometimes I don't know I it all has something to do with like my hormones are so out of whack and I'm not feeding my body what it needs and I'm just like sad and I don't you know like it has nothing to do with circumstance or environment it has everything to do with just my brain so don't know what's going on there I'm hoping to get that checked out soon okay I'm gonna go to the brain store and get a new one hey do you guys do exchanges and i rip my brain out and I hand it to them and it's dripping green ooze. It's oozing green juice. I say, hey, do you guys do exchanges? And they're like, why does it smell like that? I'm like, do you guys, I'm holding it like this from the sides and I'm juicing it. Do you guys do brain exchanges? (laughs) No, we don't do brain exchanges. Okay, ma'am, if you want to do a brain exchange, you have to have a receipt. I'm like, I lost a receipt a few years ago. I don't know. I had it in, you know, one of those like portfolio hanging folder things you can put in a file cabinet. I don't know where it went. Ma'am, if you want to return your brain, especially in this condition, we are going to need to see some proof of purchase. Okay. Do you guys do like, uh, like Apple pay? Like, could you just put the money back on my card? Cause you put it in my Apple cash account. Ma'am, like I said, if you want to return your brain. Okay, anyway. The thought of a new brain being squeaky clean and like pink and smiling and mine is just gray and soggy and like shaking and oozing green. (laughs) It's got pimples. (laughs) My brain has boils. (laughs) And it's shaking and it makes this noise. Yeah. My brain, I hold it out. Do you guys do brain exchanges? Yeah, that's gonna. That's actually going to be a picture of my brain. So today's episode is sponsored by HelloFresh. Make hosting this holiday a joy rather than a hassle with the help of HelloFresh Market. From crowd-pleasing charcuterie boards to photo-worthy desserts, it's easy to add these party pleasers to your weekly order, saving you so, so, so much time. Did you know HelloFresh does more than just dinners? From easy breakfast to start your morning off right to 10-minute lunches or satisfying snacks both adults and kids will love, HelloFresh has tasty choices for every mealtime occasion. And the best part? No grocery trip required. HelloFresh has over 45 recipes and more than 100 seasonal add-on items to choose from every week. So it's easier than ever to find something everyone will enjoy. Go to HelloFresh.com slash broski free and use code broski free for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash broski free with code broski free. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Today's episode is sponsored by Tinder. It's that time of year again to cozy up and steal each other's hoodies or other personal belongings. <laughs> That's right. Cuffing season is in full effect, making Tinder the place to be right now for unforgettable memories and winter vibes. There's a new wave of folks coming back to the app ready to find love, 
find fun, or just find some new friends. Whether you're looking for someone to share those cold winter nights to snuggle up and watch your favorite movie, or someone to have a new adventure with, you have so many opportunities to help find whatever it is you're looking for on Tinder. It's never been easier for daters to be their true selves. Other apps are hard, Tinder is easy. With Tinder, you're in control. So if you're worried about your matches never meeting up in real life, don't be, because 1.5 million Tinder users go on an in real life date every week. This cuffing season is next level, so don't wait around. Go grab your phone and download Tinder now. Explore all the possibilities for yourself. Tinder, starts with a swipe. Download Tinder today. All right, let's move into songs of the week. Songs of the week are going to be number one, South Dakota by Chris Stapleton. This is off his new album, which I love. And one thing about Chris Stapleton is each album is going to have this like, and for some reason it just happens to be like a state name. I don't know if he's doing that on purpose, but the last album, there was a song called Arkansas, which kind of is a similar vibe. Let me pull it up. Might sound strange, but I think I'm in love with you. Didn't know it at the time. Yeah. Okay. So this song, it's called South Dakota. And I like the Chris Stapleton songs that are, because he does sad songs very well. Okay. Sad songs. But this song is about, you know, like, or this album kind of explores uh, falling back in love with a partner that you had previously had a, a large emotional distance from a lot of the last album and the album before that are about like cohabiting a space and co-parenting with someone who you have fallen out of love with. And at this point you're just roommates. You make sure the bills are paid on time, but you are not intimate. You are not affectionate. You have completely fallen out of infatuation and love with this person. Also, you know, through the lens of Christianity and I know that there is marriage counseling through the church that a lot of Christians will utilize to get their marriage back on track or like refine that spark. And I don't want to assume about, you know, this album, but it, it gives me that sort of energy because I know that Chris Stapleton is a very religious man uh, and his wife is too. And so to, to refine that stride, you know, of like, it's honestly a beautiful concept to fall back in love with your wife and your life and your circumstance and find the joy in it and realize maybe you were a part of the loss of that joy. You know, like, like it's not a, you can't fully cast the blame on your partner. It's partially your responsibility as well to rekindle that love and maybe admit that part of the reason it was lost was because of you. And so this album is just celebrating that, you know, like just being, it's so cute to be in love with your wife, even after all these years. To be so in love with your wife. It's just so cute. Anyway, that's kind of the larger concept, I would say, of the album. But this one is just fun. South Dakota is a fun song. Arkansas off the last album is a fun song as well. And I tend to lean more towards those. He has a song called Midnight Train to Memphis, which I love. He's got a song called uh, Outlaw State of Mind, Second One to Know. I mean, the list goes on and on of just these like really great I hate to say country rock because it's not really country. It's like, I don't know. It's, it's genre bending. I don't, but it definitely is more rock forward. And I just love those. I love a fast pace where he is singing his ass off and there's these crazy guitar riffs. It's just so, so good. And, uh, 
One of my favorite Chris Stapleton songs of all time, which is kind of a deep cut, is called Death Row. And it is just the simplest track. It's just a, a guitar on loop. And there's these sound effects of like a jail door swinging and creaking like that, the the hinge, the rusty hinge. And it's like, I don't even know if there's, there are drums on it, but it's almost like, it's it's just jazz drums almost. It's just like a basic beat and it's kind of slow. And he just shows his vocal range. And it gives me very Johnny Cash vibes because it's uh talking about, being on death row, you know, and um, he has this fascination with with prisons and with how inhumane it is, you know, and and uh, jail culture, especially the sort of Johnny Cash, J- Folsom Prison Blues sort of that. It's just all in my head a very similar type of art. So he's got this song called Death Row, and I just I'm obsessed with it. I don't know why. It's it's no one really talks about it, but the Verses, the chorus, the outro is really long. And I think it's just, it's one of those, I always say this, it's one of those songs that, of course, it had to be made. Like, it makes perfect sense. And it was in the marble, and Chris Stapleton had to remove the excess pieces of the marble to reveal the beautiful statue within. That is Death Row to me. He's also got a song called Sometimes I Cry, which is just, oh, oh. He is a once in a lifetime voice. I just am so in awe of him every time. And that's one of those songs where the first time I listened to it, I literally had to pause it and go, God damn, damn. He sang his pussy off. Oh my God, his pussy fell off. Oh my God, he sang his pussy off. It's on the floor. That SpongeBob picture of (laughs) his vagina is just out touching the floor. His vagina. All right, anyway. Okay, so that's going to be song number one. Song number two, and let me preface this really quick, okay? I'm going to be doing a Google search while I'm explaining this to you, okay? So I am not... I want to just also give a general disclaimer on this channel, on this podcast as well. Anything that comes out of my mouth is from the point of view of a fan. I am not an expert on these topics, I am not well-versed in these topics. I enjoy listening to this music and I love learning about it. That does not mean I am qualified to be explaining it to you, but unfortunately that's where we've kind of found ourselves, okay? So if you have an interest in what I'm about to say, look it up on your own because again, this is not my forte. This is not my milieu. What do you guys know about the word milieu? M-I-L-I-E-U. Now, let me make sure I spelled that right. Milieu, a person's social environment. This is not, uh, okay, maybe that doesn't make sense. More definitions. Usage examples. He grew up in a military milieu. He enjoyed the bohemian milieu she introduced him to the city. Yes, that is what I, this is not the milieu I grew up in, but it's one that I enjoy nonetheless. Okay, here we go. Okay, so the artist is La Paquera de Jerez and Manuel Moreno, okay? These are broad term um, flamenco artists. La Paquera de Jerez is a famous uh, cantaora de de flamenco and uh, de bulerías, which is the Spanish um, um, traveling Romani people's uh, music from 
geographically, you know, Spain is what it's associated with a lot of the time. This is a whole album um, of La Paquera de Jerez and Terremoto de Jerez. And the song I'm talking about is Mi Canto por, por Bulerías. This song came on shuffle because I was listening to like a flamenco radio. And the intro guitar with the like, is that a 12 string Spanish guitar? Um, flamenco guitar. How many strings does a flamenco guitar have? Six. No fucking way. The flamenco guitar typically has nine, six nylon strings. It's a lighter construction than a classical guitar. That is crazy. Okay, so it's the same intro, which I'm now understanding uh, she sampled it um, for Rosalia's song, Que No Salga La Luna, which is one of my favorite songs of all time. And if you go back to my Rosalia episode, where I break down El Malquerer, which is about uh, this forbidden, cursed wedding and marriage and uh, uh, honestly an abusive marriage that she escapes. Go back and listen to that episode if you're interested. I talk about this song on that episode where uh, this is the night of their wedding and it's so beautiful and he's showering her with gifts and jewelry and rings and shiny things. And on this night, it is the last, you come to find out, it is the last night of unadulterated joy that she will experience. This is the beginning of the end. And this is her being blinded by the shine and the glimmer of all those jewels to where she could not see the darkness and the evil that was under, uh, you know, all the ostentatious distractions. So anyway, if you want to listen, it's a very interesting, I mean, Go back and listen to the episode. Anyway, this song by La Paquera de Jerez is uh, the sample that she used in the very beginning. Anyway, that uh, I, it came on shuffle and I was like, oh my God, I love this song. And then it was the original and I was like, oh my God. And then I discovered this whole album, which is, um, and now here's the thing. Again, this is what I'm talking about. I don't know. I'm in no position to explain this to you because I'm still learning about it. The difference between a fandango a, a bulerías and una jota. I don't know the difference. So let's Google it. Fandango versus flamenco. Okay, this is from Generative AI. Fandango and flamenco are both traditional Spanish art forms. Fandango is a specific style of dance and music, while flamenco is a broader genre that includes many styles and forms. Fandango is considered a fundamental style of flamenco, period. Fandango originated in the early 18th century as a dance and music craze in Spain and the Americas. It's a blend of cultures, including Mexican son jarocho, salon, and concert fandangos of Mozart and Scarlatti, Andalusian fandangos. Fandango has a 12-beat cycle in three-fourths time for the first cycle, or two six for the first and fourth cycles. Flamenco is dramatic and solemn, with gestures of pain, nostalgia, and affliction. Fandango, on the other hand, is pure tease and joy. That is tea. Okay. Flamenco is dramatic and solemn with gestures of pain, nostalgia, and affliction. Fandango, on the other hand, is pure tease and joy, accompanied by whistling and song-long smiles. Fandango has given rise to other styles of flamenco singing, such as Malagueña, Granaina, Taranta, and Meaning. That is crazy. What is a Jota? 
The music is an alternating fast and slow tempo similar to Spanish airs, which accompany dances like the flamenco, joto, bolero, seguidilla, and fandango. I love this shit, dude. Gets me hard. Now, I'm going to play Jota. That is crazy to me. That is crazy to me. Carlos Montoya plays Jota. And it's crazy how, I mean, as humans, we're so, and you know, I always have to make this point. I always have to come back to this. As humans, we are so, so, so different, but so similar. We're, so, we are so, so much more alike than we would ever want to admit. And that's just an inherent truth. This type of music where I'm sitting here in LA with a Southern background, appreciating how fast he's playing this guitar and it's reminiscent to me of how fast banjo players play. How when you really like a camera on their hands, it's like speed of light. It's so quick and they're in tune and, and on beat the whole time. And they know what, and it's like, they know how to sustain their energy and their, their rhythm and for like the whole length of the song. And it's insane, the skill level and the stamina. Stamina is the word I was looking for is crazy and how that same skill can be found across any type of folk music, any type of folk music across the world. And it's such a cool thing to take all these different forms of music and culture and at the core of it, you know, it's all like stringed instruments for the most part, even like the mandolin in China. Isn't that, or is it? Hold on, that might be a different instrument. Yes, this one. The Chinese mandolin with a pear-shaped body. Okay, how do you say that? Liao Qin. Okay, so the Liao Qin. Let's, I want to watch someone play this. interconnected you can't tell me that that's that different from someone paying, playing the flamenco guitar or from playing the banjo oh my god i love humans but humans will be the undoing of me humans both make and unmake me wow anyway back to what i was talking about that song mi canto por bulerías by la paquera de jerez here is uh, the sample Rosalia used in Que No Salga La Luna. Anyway, that's not the song of the week. The song of the week, or number two song of the week, is Fandangos de Huelva de la Paquera de Jerez. This one right here. 
And I probably can't play it because again, YouTube will come to my house and snipe me with a weapon. But get, this whole album is so, I mean, if you like care, if you like, like to put it on the background or whatever, if you're interested, these songs or any of, of this type of like fandangos or, or just flamenco in general on YouTube, what are they called? The flamenco clubs. What are the flamenco? Hold on. I know it. I know it. Oh. Shit, I forgot. Called. Tablao. Fuck! I knew that! If you can find a video that someone has recorded from a performance in a Tablao, and that's not really, like, recommended. Like, all the shows I've been to at Tablaos are like, put your fucking phone away. Part of the experience is the ceiling is like kind of rounded. And so the singing and the guitar and the, and the clapping echoes off the back and comes back to the dancers. And it's kind of a small enclosed space on purpose. You're supposed to be able to see the emotion and the passion and the sorrow and the joy on these people's faces by sitting that close and by having no external lighting. You know, the only lighting in the room is on their faces and uh, it's supposed to be intimate like that. And so having someone record it, it's kind of like, eh, but also I'm glad because we can watch it, uh, for an ever and ever amen. So yeah, tablaos are places where flamenco shows are performed and the platform floor where the dancers perform is also called a tablao. We went to, uh, one in Madrid and one in Barcelona and it was incredible. The one in Barcelona was a bit more, uh, and I hate I hate this because like I'm a white American and it's catered to people like me for us to marvel and be like, wow, so exotic. Fuck off. You know what I mean? Fuck off. The culture is so much deeper and more complex than that for a bunch of whiteies to be like, ooh, they're dancing. Like I, I've, I recognize that. And it sucks to like buy a ticket and be like, like, cause I'm so excited for kind of a different reason of like, I feel like y'all know how I feel about it. Of like flamenco is connected to all of these other forms of folk music and the human experience of expressing ourselves through folk music. And I have such a love for the art form and to show up and, and, you know, be sat next to, Karen from Ohio, who's like, I don't know about this flamingo shit. It's like, ah, no, but it's also like, whatever. So we went because this one in Barcelona is uh, not one of the oldest, but I think it might be one of the oldest still in operation. What's that one called on La Rambla, La Rambla, uh, Tablao, Cordobes, Tablao Cordobes. That's where we went. We went to this one, open since 1970. This is where we went. It was fucking fantastic. Because shortly after, we went to a different tablao in Madrid, and it was so like, I mean, it's fantastic. I mean, the talent level is incredible, but the experience is more what I'm talking about. Like the one in Barcelona we went to, we had a nice dinner beforehand. They usher you in, and they're a lot more like, res like I would say quiet and respectful of like, turn off your phones, sit down, don't make a noise. If you have kids, this is not a kid-friendly show. Like, I don't want to hear screaming, crying babies while we're talking about singing and screaming about heartbreak on stage. Like, take your fucking kid out of here. Versus 
the one we went to in Madrid was like, you show up and they hand you a glass of wine and here's champagne and here's this. Like the goal is to kind of get drunk and there's children and the room was way bigger and it was a lot more like, you know, photos encouraged and come get your photo made with a, with a flamingo dancer, that sort of thing, you know, like flirt with the boys. And I was just like, uh, and there was a merch shop. Uh, I just don't, I get it. Like it's part of the tourism a hundred percent. But as an art form, I feel like it kind of devalues it when you make it into a tourist stop. Even though I literally went as a tourist, whatever. <laughs> what you guys wouldn't understand. <laughs> you guys wouldn't understand the complexity of my juicy green oozing brain. But do you know what I mean? Where it's like there are some people there going to appreciate. There's also locals that go. You know, just like to the tableau. Like it's you live there. Like let's go see a show. But. At the same time, I don't know, maybe they're just smart and I'm just an idiot. You know, like, let's take this thing that has existed and is inherently, you know, arguably a part of the culture and let's monetize the fuck out of it. And let's make it an absolute unmissable tourist destination, tourist stop, and let's sell merch. Yeah, I get it, dude. Get your money. But at the same time, I don't know. Just made me feel kind of weird. Today's episode is sponsored by Article. Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices as well. They carry a range of different styles like mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho design. I recently ordered a Persian-style rug for my living room, and the ordering process was super simple. The website is nice, clean, straightforward. I am so excited it's going to finish the space. It's like the final missing puzzle piece. Article has affordable shipping across the US and Canada. You pick the delivery time and they'll send you updates every step of the way. Article is offering my listeners 50 bucks off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash broski and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash broski for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Anyway, question for if I have any Spanish followers or if I have any um, followers who are fans of this type of music, if you have recommendation, because my honest to God go-tos are Rosalia, of course, her earlier stuff, but even like on Motomami, she had Bulerias and um, she incorporates it. I mean, it's it's forever, I think, inherently a part of her that will always be an inspiration for her, which I'm so glad. And then uh, Sitangana, who... I've talked about before, but maybe he's like kind of machismo. Maybe he's kind of machista. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Sexist. <laughs> so he kind of gives that vibe, which fucking blows because his music is so good. But I've seen interviews with him and I'm like, why did you, why did you say that? <laughs> Hi, Sitengena. Why did you say that? Ah. Anyway, those are the two only like, because obviously I'm kind of, I have the world at my fingertips with the internet, but I'm the type of person that when I find something I like, I just dive headfirst and I don't really, you know, expand beyond that. Well, that's not necessarily true. I just, I found C. Tangano's music and I was like, I really am fucking with this. La Sobremesa. Let's go through his stuff. Yeah, El Madrileño, La Sobremesa. This entire album is so 
fucking good, dude. Tú me dejaste de querer, comerte entera. Now, when I was in Madrid, because el madrileño means like the guy from Madrid. <laughs> like, like Texan, but like Ma Madridian. Anyway, he filmed a music video for, <laughs> for this, this song, Comerte Entera, at this like the oldest operating restaurant in Madrid is what they advertise it as. And it's called Lardy Restaurant, L-H-A-R-D-Y, Lardy. And it's this beautifully, like, ostentatiously grand luxe decorated restaurant inside. And uh, everything's that old type of, like, old world feel. And you walk in and it's, like, nice steaks and fish and wine and whatever. And, like, you're in the heart of Madrid. And we sit down and I'm with, of course, Jack and Stanley. And we're drunk. <laughs> Okay, we are day drunk. We have been in the park all day playing cards and getting blackout drunk. Not blackout, but damn near. And we're all sunburnt. It's like our last day in Madrid and we're drunk and fat and happy. And we sit down at this restaurant because I begged them, can we please go? Can we please go to this restaurant? Because I love this artist. Can we go? They're like fucking fine. And we go in and I'm like, wow. And the entire time, like, I'm speaking Spanish to, you know, our, our waiters and our tour guides and our, our the hotel staff and all that. But it has been years since I have been fully immersed in an entirely hispanohablante, like, country. And so I'm walking around and I'm like, it's so frustrating, too, because I know what they're saying and I know how I want to respond but it's been so long that I no longer am thinking, reading, speaking, and listening in Spanish. I'm listening to them speak in Spanish. I'm translating it to English in my head. And then I'm translating what I want to say from English to Spanish. And then I talk. Which is annoying because when you're actually fluent in a language, you don't think in English anymore. You should be thinking in Spanish, listening, and responding in Spanish. There should be no disconnect. And... I was like getting mad at myself because I'm like, I know what they're saying and I know how to respond. But it was this like my brain sputtering. My my green oozing brain was like, help, help. And I was like, oh. So I was getting so frustrated with myself, but I was trying because that's the way to learn is even if you're embarrassed and you're like, I'd rather just speak to you in English. I was like, I'm going to try. And if it's clunky and messy, whatever, dude, I never have to see these people ever again. And we're at this restaurant and we're sat down. Also, I'm drunk, so it's not helping. So the waiter comes over and they're dressed in like black tie. They're, it's like a black tie restaurant. And me, Jack, and Stanley are like, <laughs> Among Us in the corner. <laughs> Among Us, I'm grittying on the park material. <laughs> and it's like this nice restaurant. I feel so bad. And we're in the corner and he comes over and he's like, speaking to us in Spanish, which is a compliment. Or maybe he was just like, fuck these whiteies. I'm like, even though he was white too, you know, like I'm going to speak in Spanish and you can speak back to me in Spanish. Thank you so much. And I was like, hola, buenas noches. Okay. Um, And he starts talking to me and I try to order and I'm like, we order wine for the table or whatever. And then I go, uh, dime la verdad. Te tangana ha grabado un video de su canción aquí. And he was like, yes, 
<laughs> I said, is it true that C. Tangana recorded a music video here? He said, yes. And I said, wow. Que chévere. <laughs> he goes, yeah. Do you want anything else? Like an appetizer? And I was like, oh my God. What do you want? I have 13 other tables I need to attend to. Yeah, dude, C. Tangana was here. What else? Can I, oh, can I actually get you something? Oh no? Okay, I'm gonna go do my job now. <laughs> and I was so nervous to ask him because like I said, in my head, I was like, okay, I was rehearsing it. I was waiting for him to come over. I was like, I'm gonna ask him, I'm gonna ask him. And then on top of that, I'm like struggling through this sentence in Spanish because I'm fucking drunk and I'm talking to him and I'm whatever. And then he responds really rapidly in Spanish with like, I don't even remember what he said, asking me something about the, what Jack ordered or something. And I was like, uh, uh-huh. And he goes, mm, okay, claro. And he walks away and I was like, absolutely. 100%. Uh-huh. I just felt so fucking, oh God, it's so embarrassing. He could not have cared less if I had lived or died in that moment. Did Sita get up? Yeah. Fuck off. Oh, right. So that's actually gonna be my fault. Sorry, sir. But here's the thing, because in that moment, and there were so many other moments when we were in Spain where I was like, I was getting embarrassed because I couldn't remember, you know, like, I, I'll remember really obscure vocab words that are hard to remember. And then I can't remember the word for bill. Like, could we get the bill? And I would get so frustrated in the moment. And it didn't help because freaking Stanley and Jack were bullying me. They were like, you're the one that speaks Spanish. Fucking speak Spanish. And I was like, I don't remember. I don't remember. Okay. Also, we were drunk the whole time. So it didn't really help. Oh, God. It's so embarrassing. But you know what? Oh, my God. I would to tell you guys. I, uh, because of that experience and because of, you know, like I, I minored in this in college i'm 26 like turning 27 next year this will forever be a part of my life and i foresee myself oh my god i want to visit like all the countries first of all i want to visit all the countries that my friends are from i want to go to argentina i want to go to chile i want to go to peru and venezuela and all these places i've never been to mexico other than a fucking resort where i got blackout drunk you know like i want to experience all these cultures that I read about and I and I love the music and the art that comes out of these these countries and I've never been. So to do that, I was like, before I do that, I wanna be more secure in my Spanish speaking. And also it's a shitty feeling to have once been fluent, not speak a language for four years and then be like, yes, I speak Spanish. And then people speak Spanish to you and it's like, fuck, damn it. But what's more infuriating is I understand you. I just can't respond which I know a lot of first generation Americans feel that way where, and I, I talk about this with my um, friends where Spanish is their first language, but then they were forced to kind of forget it and speak English only because you know, like you're in America, speak English. And it just is so sad that you lose that connectedness with your grandparents and you know, your parents and a lot of kids are, are used as translators for their parents and all that. I mean, I'm not, if you come from, a family where English is not your first language, you know this, I'm preaching to the fucking choir. But that is a, a strange 
you know, and sad experience to um, be forced to forget your native language. So yeah, I'm, it, it just, it blows. I've talked about it before here. I feel like every time we talk about Spanish language is white people are praised for speaking two languages and non-white people are, it's like the standard. Of course you should speak two languages. It's such a double standard. I've seen so many YouTube videos of like Timothy Chalamet or Gwyneth Paltrow or, you know, Ben Affleck, all these people being praised for speaking more than just English, praised and put on this pedestal. But then like non-white actors and singers and whatever, it's like, where's, where are those YouTube videos of them being praised? They don't exist. You want to know why? Because the internet's racist. So all that to be said, I am now taking Spanish lessons again, uh, three times a week from Maddie, who's a TikToker who uh, teaches or gives kind of Spanish tips and tricks online. And I've been a fan of hers for a while and uh, uh, Maddie's Mundo. And she, a lot of her background is, uh, it's Spain Spanish, but also Chilean. She, she speaks more Chilean Spanish than uh, uh, Chileno Spanish than anything, which is crazy because God, she talks so fast. <laughs> Oh, she talks so fast, but I love, I love her accent. And it's so, so we're doing lessons three times a week and I'm, I'm paying her and it's like my, I'm more excited than probably she is because I love her and it's great so far. Like I missed the sort of academic structure of taking classes of something like three times a week. Versus, you know, like, okay, yeah, when I have free time, I guess I'll sit down and do some Duolingo. No, bitch. We're doing three times a week, one hour a week or one hour a day. So yeah, that's kind of my, uh, that's my new year's resolution. I'm going to do that until I get back to a level that I feel comfortable enough to, you know, navigate my way around, um, a Spanish speaking country by myself. And when I was in Spain, I got around fine, but it was just kind of like, I feel, I feel like the ant with the sack, <laughs> like, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> damn. Anyway, I think that'll do it for me for this week. Oh my God. Was that my second song? My third song of the week is, oh, my third song of the week is Big Difference by Nicki Minaj. <laughs> because yeah, happy Pink Friday 2 release. Hi, Barb's Happy Pink Friday 2 release. Okay, did everyone book their flights to Gag City? Because if you didn't, I will do it and you could just Venmo me. Like seriously, we need to arrive at the same time because I have booked a car service to take us from the Gag City airport to our hotel. So guys, just please let me know. The Gag City airport is under construction. So there will be delays. Anyway. Yeah, Big Difference by by Nikki. Bitch, are you joking? The album is so good. But Big Difference, I, I literally put it on my story. I was like, this might be her magnum opus, I fear. Her M.O. Her greatest work of all time. I am floored. I am shocked. I am impressed. I am speechless. It's so good. It's been on repeat. The, the whole album's been on, re on repeat since it dropped. So... I think that'll do it for me today, guys. Please subscribe to this YouTube channel. Please rate us five stars. I don't know who us is. It's just me. Rate uh, me and the boys, Kylo Ren, Mando, Night King, and Ghost. Five stars. 
on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And we'll see you guys maybe next week. Yes, maybe not. I'm taking a holiday break because, like I said, my brain is sputtering and oozing green. I need, I've got to take it to the, <laughs> I've got to take my brain to the equine hospital. <laughs> I've got to take my brain to the horse doctor now. It needs immediate surgery. All right. Love you guys. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Mm,